Hello, welcome to the Bossit Podcast with Mark Edwards and Michael Humblett. This podcast is released every week and is an over-the-shoulder look of a frank and candid discussion between two experienced software executives, providing you with useful tips, techniques, and the latest concepts to help you grow your software business in the fast-paced digital age. So let's get into it. Here is Mark Edwards and Michael Humblett. Hello, Michael. Hey, Mark. How are you? Good. Good. I've um, I've been thinking during the week. I've had a busy week, and I guess you, you have you, as well. You've <laughs> been thinking, Mark. That's I had, always I've interesting. Been doing, yeah. And uh, I was wondering, you were talking last week. You sounded a little bit frustrated with um, yeah. one yeah. of the salespeople. Yeah. And uh, it, it was an interesting story, and I was wondering if there'd been any progress. So let me recap the story very briefly for our listeners. So... I was in a company, it's a scale-up, fast, fast-growing, high-velocity speed, things need to go really well, and it's very passive sales team, so I have one of the sales guys, I have a discussion with him, I say, you're not, you're a good guy, you've read all the material, you understand it all, but you're in essence not doing it. You're thinking about it, but you're not doing it. So I was yes. nice, I was, unf- I was not nice, I tried everything, and after two weeks, and this was early this week, we decided like it just doesn't fit, so we have to let you go because it just it's never gonna work. Yeah. And because of doing that, suddenly other people in the team said, "Well, I don't think this is something for me." So I was like thinking, "Okay, so I've basically lost half of my sales team, <clears throat> which is not good in this moment because I'm I'm lifting off the plane and suddenly to, the engine falls off, right? You know that's not yeah. good, especially for a jet yeah. engine. It's really bad." And on the other hand, it gives exactly the right momentum to hire the right people that do not know it's impossible, if you understand what I mean. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so it's, 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 an, it's exciting an exciting time. time. So, we're hiring, so we're hiring, and, and one of the advisors, especially for, especially for like, inside like sales, one of the, one of the advisors and that they always given me was hire two at the, at the same moment because onboarding costs and you create natural tension and all of that. And we're actually, and we're actually doing that. that. And I have to say, each time I've done it, it actually turned out really well. Yeah. And so, so, so that's where we are there. So it's really exciting. I'm there every week. Uh, and I, I really see the momentum. Uh, and we're also pouring tons of leads in there because we set up the whole marketing funnel engine to inbound and and it's going to give a complete different dynamic but you'll hear more about what? it in the coming weeks i'll keep telling the story so we have a story yeah. and at the end i'll uh, tell keep... you who it is right <laughs> <laughs> really who <laughs> can place bets who is it my yes. who is it well <laughs> who is it yeah well I, I, i've got a similar story actually i'm not, yeah. I, I can't disclose who it is but it's, it's with one of my clients and um i mean it's it's always difficult trying to find good salespeople. It, it's it's an ongoing battle um, and then when, once you've got those good people, it's hanging on to them. And this company, they recruited somebody that they'd known for a few years. Um, so they'd known, they'd, they'd been on the other side of the table to him. Um, mm-hmm. So they knew quite a lot about him, brought him on board, and he, and he started really well, brought in some sales. He brought he only, in some sales. Yeah, so it, it, quite quickly. I mean, there wasn't there wasn't a long delay because I think that's one issue when you're bringing in new salespeople is the sort of the ramp up type. But he seemed to be out there firing, and uh, you know he was he was succeeding. The only slight concern that they had, which was on the second day, um, he asked if he could have the afternoon off because he was going to go to anger management classes. <laughs> 
<laughs> that probably creates a little bit of a concern. I mean, it's good that he's going so, and he's getting help. Yeah. I mean, it's better that he's he's doing that rather than just having the anger management problems. But I think that would make you a little bit nervous. Actually, you uh, know what's funny? This morning, Mark, I was in a in a kitchen store because I'm yeah. building a house. I'm in the kitchen store and I like to watch these these salespeople because it's really hardcore B2C. Right, so, yeah. and he was naming, saying my name and the name of my girlfriend the whole time, and you feel all the techniques and trying, yes. and and I yeah. felt at, from everything when I was looking at him because at the sense I started saying something, and he put up his hand because he was, was busy doing important stuff, and he didn't pick up the phone because he was busy with, and I felt this is an anger management guy. This guy has real issues, and you feel the tension in this person, and I'm thinking, good God, so. You know me, and as I seen that, I start manipulating this the whole way through, and I got him to a point where it's like, okay, okay, I'll give you that discount. <laughs> anyway, but it is, it is a. I think it's yeah. You see that maybe more in salespeople than in other people. I think. Well, uh, this frustration, this, this tension, no. This story didn't end there because they they sent him abroad, quite some distance. Um, to a, to an account, an existing customer, and he disappeared. And apparently, <laughs> he he had gone out drinking with one of their the client's employees. Yeah. They, they'd been to some lap dancing clubs. Good God! Dis- yeah. Disappeared for two days and lost the company laptop. That's and then far far away. Huh? Yeah. So I mean, the problem but is Mark, because that's did expensive. He, did he close the deal or not? No. Yeah. <laughs> then we know. <laughs> he didn't come back to close the. the, the no, deal. He just disappeared. Bad, bad, it's bad business. Uh, doing that yeah. That's frustrating, isn't it? So what would you what would you do under those circumstances? There, I would, I would, we have to stop. I mean, ethically, it's just not not possible. It's just no no yeah. practice, and you have to say sorry. But if you can't control it, I have yeah. to say. Can I ask what age range he 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 was? Thirty. Ah, that that's so because I I remember at a certain stage I needed to hire a senior sales guys so I was sourcing them from Microsoft or all the big names because you yeah. know if you hire them from there they must be good with all the training which I learned is really not the case by the way uh, because you want them hungry and in those structures there is so much structure there is too much place to hide in, in most cases uh, and uh, and I also hired to guys and they were in the age range 35 40 and i think they must have been their midlife they i they started with me and after three four days they went berserk they went drinking they they did crazy stuff crazy expenses i had to stop them after like two months and say guys this is insane i expect professionalism and you're acting like like 18 year old adolescents that that see beer for the first time so how do you figure I, I, it out during the interview, Mark? So let me ask you a question. You do the interview with these guys. How do you figure that one out? That stuff, isn't it? That yeah. stuff, huh? Because they are good in manipulating. That's why you hire them. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, if they can't present, if they can't present themselves well, they've really got a problem. Yeah. And, and typically, they can. You um, know what I do, Mark? I, I found a way. I annoy them during the interview. <laughs> really, if I annoy them a bit, not not too often, but that, like I get it on their nerves. <laughs> then, then you feel anger and frustration. You feel that very quickly. 
<laughs> so yeah, I, I can see. I think they, I think they use that. They use that in military uh, services, Maybe. don't they? I have when to say, when... one of those two that I had to—he was actually a military guy—and okay. the feedback he gave to me afterward, because I asked him afterwards, I phoned him, I said, "But why? Why did it went wrong?" And, and then <laughs> several jobs behind it all went wrong. And he said to me, "Michael, I need clear guidelines. I need clear direction." I said, "I can't. Give, I'm not going to phone you every day to say what you want, what you need to do." And that's why it went off the rails. Yeah, it's strange actually that you, 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 it sounds like he's asking for you to be very prescriptive as to yes. how he should do his job. Yeah. Whereas I think the, the really talented people, the smart people, they want to know what their objectives are, but really to a great extent within the bounds of the business, obviously, they want to be left alone because the yeah. path there. Um, they want to be able to have that flexibility. Exactly. And so that's, that's, that's quite unusual. That's what I do with sales now. Eh? These days I say, yes. okay, so where do you want to go? Okay, what's the segment you want to do? Okay, you tell me the plan. Then if they can't, I help them a bit. and said, you want responsibility? You're going to get it. And then I do random controls. So they never know yeah. when I show up. I tell you, it's, it's, it's a dream come true. Some can't handle it because it's tough. Eh? But if you do well, there is, there is no problem. There is just no problem. Everybody's happy. Yeah, it's talking management. of everybody happy, Mark. <laughs> Last week or this week, I have to say, because it's Friday, I've been to three boards, and almost every single time, I had to think, guys, because they were by accident, men, guys, you're not telling the story right, because you're exposing yourself to very, very nasty questions. There, I think it's an art to do proper board decks. I think it's an art to lead your board members to the same conclusion as you have made, but you let them make the conclusion. That, that's, that's for me the, the ultimate, of course. How's your experience on that? Explain that to me a little bit more. What is it? So in, in many cases, for instance, you, I mean, the board's coming in every quarter, and actually yes. you had a serious problem. Let's imagine. I mean, I mean, yeah. a lot of scale-ups. <laughs> it kind of, it's never right. And it explodes no, sure. and it's pivot from left to right, and it's always something burning really, really hard. And then, of course, boards figure that out because they spend money and they say, hey, hey, hey this is not right. So I told them, said, the way to do, I'm going to give the answer how to do it for. Uh, so they, no, let me, Tell you differently. So the way they do it is they tell they either don't talk about their problems, or completely at the end, or they start with like the financials, and then of course you figure it out. Two, they show way too much detail when the discussion goes in every direction around a detail. So first slide comes up, you talk half an hour about first slide. Yeah, that's not what you want to do. Right? You want to tell your story, and 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 three. Boards make really bad conclusions and say, this guy is incapable of leading it while he is the best guy to do it because the story is just a mess. Yeah. And, and it, the, the trick, I think, is one of the things I learned from, from McKinsey, actually, is that when you do a slide, you show the problem, you put the conclusion or the next step, how you're going to solve it next to it. And hopefully you put two and then you say to the board, this is the problem. This is how I intend to solve it. There are two options. Can I ask you advice? What would you agree with one or two? Or do you, right. have an, you see, uh, that's see. the way to treat a board. You, you flip I, I it. You, you, yes. you use them. Yes, I understand what you're saying. So you're not you're not hiding away from the issue, no. but you're not just leaving a, a completely open 
forum no, no. so that they could, it no, could no. go in any direction. You're actually keeping it uh, solution orientated, but giving yeah. them options as to yeah. we could do this or we could do this way, A or B. What do you think? And you'll get getting the input board, from them. I think the board should work for you. Yes. That's also one of the things I tell them. At the end, you ask them what they need to do for you because they have all the connections, all the network. And Because if you don't, they'll, they'll hit you anyway. Whatever you do, even if it's good, you'll get slapped, right? That's the most boards. I mean, so just say, I, you have all the connections. Can you please do tak, 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 tak? I said, let them work for you. Keep them busy. And actually, it's going to benefit your company a lot. Yes. I'm talking about external yeah. board members and those kind of types. I mean, in yes. general, if, if you're the CEO and your co-founder is sitting there, it's, I mean, it's a different story, of course. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's, um, that actually leads me on to a, a book recommendation that I've got. Okay. I'm going to make sure that we, we put this up on the notes afterwards. Um, Simon Sinek, have you come across him? Yes. It's one of the best uh, movies, uh, The Why, yes. uh, on YouTube. Tetzel. I love the story. Tetzel. The yeah, Tetzel. Tetzel. Yeah. That's how he became famous, and he's written a few yeah. books then. But um, the book that I've been reading re recently is Leaders Eat Last, and it links with the point that you're saying about, <laughs> yeah. about yeah. you know, the, the senior people there are, are there to help the employees to help the staff to solve problems and to lead. Yeah. Um, and I think that very much, you know, carries on. So Simon Sinek, Leaders Eat Last, which is a good title as well. Why some teams pull together and others don't. And it's basically talking about the, 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 the people, the employees within the organization. They need to feel safe within their environment and they, they need to have leadership. They need to have a vision. But they also need to know that they've got freedom in which they can sometimes make mistakes and the people above them are there to remove the obstacles. Um, I mean, there's, there's quite a few points within the book and I haven't completely finished it yet, but it's, it's, it's a good read so yeah. far. So yeah. I'd, I'd like to read and listen to him. Yes. He, there is also a very interesting movie. I don't know where it is exactly, where he talks about, it's been a massive hit on Facebook where he talks about youth and adolescence and how we're yes. treating it. It's really, I kept watching and listening and thought, damn, this is really spot on. The millennium yeah. generation, which yeah, has that one. Yeah. That has, an, uh, has uh, implications for modern companies now yeah. because the, yeah. the millennials, they, they've, bro they've been, they've grown up in a different environment and to come into the old sort of hierarchical, very, um, a completely different way of, of, of managing people. I don't think that the older style, very dictatorial that you sometimes used to see, I don't think that works very well with the millennials. Yeah, but then they all, they all look up to Elon Musk and Steve Jobs and all these guys, and they are extreme dictators. Right? So, but also very visionary. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I don't think it's it's working in in the old school way. It just doesn't work. But uh, no, I'm, I'm curious to see if I look at the the leaders. It's it's mainly uh, my generation and let's say forty plus at these days. Would I would I come across? Uh, I haven't seen the real young guys. Um, I should find. What, some. What? I have some customers that are like twenty five, twenty six with companies of fifty, sixty people. Yeah, uh, yeah, starting to see that now. I haven't seen that they are dictator. They can be tough, right? But it's no, it's it. I, I think you'd agree. Those younger entrepreneurs, the business leaders, 
they don't tend to have those that quite dictatorial approach um which which probably fits and, and works for that generation mm-hmm. yeah, i agree it, it, but you i mean you must must remember you've been perhaps been part of it sort of sales teams in the past where sales management really very i mean they probably had to keep control of the sales people in those days you know from the night in the 90s drinking culture that they used to be and yeah yeah and also still hangover from it don't now. forget there are many um there are many uh, tools now to check huh? so you have uh, CRM yes. mobile and, and it's 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 a bit of different and the, the whole drinking thing i remember my first uh, and this actually happened my first day in the job my boss she took me to a restaurant lunch and she ordered we were two it was a lady she ordered two bottles of red wine and she said this one for you one is for me and said when you're halfway through we're gonna i'm gonna teach you how to negotiate and really she kept that up for like three four days in a row so i mean i was training as a professional drinker at a certain stage and in those days it was very common especially belgium france now it's rare, very, very rare that there is even some alcohol on the on the lunch table. Yeah, I, th- I think. Well, I mean, UK has had drinking culture for a long time. I think that's the yeah. reputation within Europe. I think it's still there, but it's not as bad as it used to be. No, it's true. It's still there. Uh, yes. It's mainly the five, six o'clock pub kind of approach. Yes. Not the lunch thing, but the pro there. Yes. Yeah, I, I find you... it always funny in London, but then again, it was really tough as a foreigner to, man, I mean, I, I came back and my family didn't like me to go to London because they knew I would be two days pissed in a bar, actually. <laughs> 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 Which was yeah. fun, but uh, one day reality hits you, right? <laughs> yes, that's right. I mean, so even now, if you walk through London, centre of London, on a Thursday and Friday evening, I oh. mean, the pubs are absolutely packed with business people. Yeah. I think uh, it's probably their their release, but it's not a not a healthy one. No, true. One of, one of the things I was talking uh, to a yeah. client uh, this week, uh, we were talking about cognitive dissonance. That's um, interesting. Yeah, tell me what you what what is what cognitive is it? Cognitive dissonance. It's it's organ. I think it, it it comes down to what I, where I'm seeing it is with organisations, and you're looking at them, and and you're getting mixed messages. And a lot of this comes down to the fact that they, they haven't really sat down and thought about who they are as an organization. They tend to be very much creating lots of content and talking about functions and features and we believe in, we believe in the customer and customer quality and all of those things that we've heard before. And it tends to be a bit of a mess. But within that, as you try to get to understand a bit about the business, you think, what, what is this business about? You know, on the one half, they seem to be um, a, a, an organization that is talking about caring for their employees. And then over here, there's, we've got another message. And, and, and it's very difficult to really get to grips with what type of business it is. You don't get a feel for it. Um, go onto a lot of websites, a lot of software, technology, business websites. And it's difficult sometimes just to even understand what they do. You know, it's just all over the place. And sometimes it's because it's it's a business that's been in existence for some time and they're just building they're building products and they're building services and they're adding it on with layers and, and the website reflects that and all of their messaging really goes. Um, but I think at some stage they need to stop and think about who they are, 
where where we see that a lot are those organizations when we're working with them on a sales process and it's very difficult to position them yeah, you know, that's where you have the, the the true impact of of dissonance it's when yeah. you do the sales story and you're kind of doing this and that and that and, that and and after a while people are so 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 after an hour now i understand what you do which is really bad <laughs> yeah yeah that's yeah. right yeah and yeah. it's it is true. it is very difficult and to create the a structure or an organize some sort of organized so how would way. You, how would you advise when you see that? I mean, we see a lot of companies like that. What, what would you advise them to do? Where should it start? Well, it, it needs to go back to the business, the, the sort of the top level message of, of why do they exist as an organization. Um, that can be difficult to find sometimes. If it's an organization that's been around some time and there may be, perhaps the founders have left, but if the founders are there, a good question to ask is, why did you start the business? And, and, and hopefully it, it isn't just to make a profit. Um, there, there'll be a deeper message within that. But it's it's to see, it's to see what is at the very DNA core of this organization? What it, Why do they exist? What problem do they address? I have, by the way, two really good examples. And sometimes it is something very simple. And, and I think companies try to explain it too complex. So if let's yes. take one, yes. uh, maybe you know them, HubSpot. It's a marketing yep. automation. They're scaling enormously at the moment. Classic yep. SaaS, uh, not, not, no longer a scale-up. It's like a big beast becoming a big beast. And if you look at their website, they have like, one sentence on there and it says all systems grow it's yeah. so simple but it's in essence what they do if i then jump for instance to another i'm staying a bit in the in the sales marketing space a company in belgium large scale up uh, also offices in america all over the place called showpad what showpad does is is uh, let me read the census it says the best buyer experience wins Showpad yeah. empowers sales and marketing to sell the way buyers want to buy. It's, it's yeah. so simple and so straightforward. I mean, there is no escape to this message. Now, I know both of these companies, they have spent fortunes to content writers to get this right. So the simpler it is, the more yeah. money it costs. It's always the Absolutely. same. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It's like design. Yeah. It looks so yeah, yeah. simple. Yeah, it's going to cost you a fortune, mate. <laughs> <laughs> really, really hard. It's it's all about pricey. Actually, it, that that made me think of uh, Zendesk. Yeah, well done, yeah, yeah, Connect yeah. with customers on, on any channel, and that's at the very that's at the very top level. So that's their tagline, and and what they're trying to do with that tagline, in essence, is they're telling a story in one line, and then from that comes the company narrative, and it's yeah. that's explaining why they exist. But it's not pushing functions and features and bells and whistles. It's telling it's telling that that narrative, and then once you've got the narrative, and, and I don't know if I've mentioned this before, I, I used to get confused between a corporate narrative and the stories that a company tells. Do you do you yeah. get that? You hear people? Yeah, 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 no, absolutely, it, 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 absolutely. Where is it? Where is it a story? Well, why is that a narrative? Why is that a story? Yeah. And I think the narrative is is the thread that holds the stories together. Sure. So. So the narrative here with Zendesk is being able to communicate, connecting, connecting with customers on any channel. So that's the thread. The stories 
where they give perhaps giving examples and they're talking about uh, perhaps it's existing clients perhaps they're showing particular opportunities if you think of the the narrative as the necklace then those stories are the pearls that sit with you on, on that necklace but it's yeah. threaded together and it holds together where the, where you get this cognitive dissonance is where it's not done and there's they're just throwing information at you and you've got different marketing people, you've got PR people and it's just lots of information and you get, you get to the, the other cognitive, which is the cognitive overload. And you can't, you can't hold that information in your head. You know, those yeah. companies, and you're exactly right. Those companies that have spent an awful lot of money and you wouldn't believe sometimes how much money it costs to get that. They've, Price it, they've simplified, they've boiled it down, and then they've structured the information. So you've got the tagline, you've got the narrative, beneath the narrative sit the stories, and then you may have some sort of key concepts. And then beneath that, you also, you, you also on occasion have people talking about technology, but not leading with it. And that's something that I'm seeing so much at the moment, is companies that are using technologies and they're leading with it. Everything now at the moment is AI, big data, robotic process automation, data analytics. Because and they're using it like it used to be used in the old days, the buzz, buzzwords of the industry. Because there are some techies out there that are wanting to find out about these technologies. And yes, these technologies do have value, but you don't lead with it. That isn't that isn't who you are as an organization. And and that, I, there's a big danger there. Because I think these, if it's like you go back, oh, I don't know, it was 20 years, perhaps even more than that. Um, business intelligence, that was another one of these mm -hmm. concepts mm -hmm. that was out there. And it, 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 was, it, was, it was in the media, everybody was talking about business intelligence. And then all, all of a sudden it had its day. And these technologies, they become like flared trousers or tank tops. You know, <laughs> who, wants, who wants to be associated you know, with something that's long gone out of date. And that's the problem that I think a lot of these companies have is that they strongly attach themselves to something that will quickly go out of date. But actually, doesn't, yeah, no, it doesn't really, it doesn't really talk to people. It's, it's just information, facts, functions and features. And, and when it goes out of date, your business is going to go out of date. But if you're, if you're, if you're doing it, I mean, Apple is probably the best at the marketing and they're one of the biggest organizations if not the the biggest organization in the tech sector and, and and they've overtaken many much bigger competitors but they they did it by by saying you know we're going to innovate to enable you to be creative and and when they when they've released products you've had other companies come along to copy them but they're just trying to sell you kit whereas yeah. apple yeah. Are, are there to help you be more creative, to have products of innovation. And that works, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. And I think, I think the messaging is important to have a structure with that. And, and one of the other things that I was talking about um, this week, because all of that, bringing all of that together is, is very difficult to do. I understand that. Most companies get it wrong. Mm, and there's I also think, a lot of flying pieces around and if I hear the comment if I have to fix that I need to fix that and I, and I have I, for instance one of the things I've been talking a lot about was um, last week and a half was pricing and product 
and 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 I said a lot of times I have to say why don't you give the beast a name or why don't you give it another brand name so it becomes easier to to talk about it like package services and that kind of stuff and it's it comes down to the same story it just doesn't make sense yeah it it it, it became become very very confusing and it's um they don't it's very difficult to see things from your audience perspective that's yeah, the real difficulty. No. And when you're so the close... things that, that, that I was with a company, um, I can't tell you which one, of course, somewhere in Brussels, and they were having a really hard time to do exactly this. And I told them, I said, why don't you phone your customers, some of the customers you know really well, and just ask them, how would you explain what my company does? And they'll tell you something completely different than you have in your mind. And that's yes. actually the perception. And, and sometimes it's so simple, or sometimes it's something so different, you go like... Actually, not bad. It's that's exactly what I do. Yes, yes. I, the I think I think the only thing that you've got to be aware of there sometimes is I've seen organisations that are, are are spending a lot of time speaking to their existing customers, which is good because they need to get that feedback, but they forget that those conversations are completely different than a new prospect coming to understand this business and understand mm-hmm. what they offer and they're talking at a very detailed level ah like that it, yeah. I, I, call, I call that beneath the funnel because there's there's sort of three stages you've got the conversation right at the top of the funnel which is talking about who we are as an organization what why we exist and then the middle of the funnel is going into a bit more detail as to how what what problem we're addressing how how our our solution addresses that problem and then probably more towards the bottom of the funnel, you've got a different type of conversation where you've got somebody who's saying, okay, I've got this problem. It's interesting that you've got the solution. How would we take this forward? So you're perhaps talking to them about the steps needed if they were to take your solution in moving forward or talking about return on investment, those sort of things. But then once Mm -hmm. they're a customer, they're beneath the funnel, that's a different type of conversation as well. And if if you're used to having that conversation... Uh, you're speaking at that level all the time, and then you do it with new people coming to you. That will cause an awful lot of confusion. It, it, you know, sure. I said I said before, it's like going in to see a play, and you walk in on Act Three. You have no clue what happened. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. So uh, we're. At, I've just noticed we've just gone past thirty minutes. We went a fair bit past last week. Yeah. yeah. So it it might be unless you've got. Another gem, or have you got another story of a salesman who isn't performing? No, maybe I'm thinking about really, really bad stories of bad sales guys that really, really <laughs> did dirty stuff, which which we can't say out loud. loud go on, go on. Yes, maybe you can. Next. I have one one story, one one small story. Yeah. When 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 the early days when I was hired as an account manager a long time ago, they also hired a girl, and um, we were there three days. And it was a fairly large company, and we had a company due. And the day after, she she was um, let go, and I'm like, "What happened? What she basically oh. she basically kissed four or five different people within the company on the same evening and slept with two." <laughs> and I'm like, "How do you do that? She must be good in sales, right?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Perhaps she was just she was just there thinking she was proving her sales technique. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. 
it's not a long record with a company. How do you explain that one? Well, I had to go after a couple of days. Well, what did you do? Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, I don't like them, you know. I really didn't. I couldn't fit it within the company, you know, all the stories. But... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think we better end it there. I can yeah, think of all, I think I can think of all sorts of puns on that story. story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. It's great speaking to you, Michael. And um, Thanks, Mark. Hopefully, we'll get some more feedback. And uh, we'll speak again next week. Speak to you next week. Cheers. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye.